The Oklahoma Sooners defense looked really good against Cincinnati, but they're nowhere near where they want to be. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for joining us. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These, na- these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on the KRF Sports app. And Josh, the Oklahoma Sooners beat Cincinnati 20 to 6 behind a really, really strong defensive effort. But in the post game, Brent Venables talks about how he's not necessarily satisfied with the performance. And you hear guys like Key Lawrence and Danny Stutzman and a number of players talk throughout the post game. And they believe they still got a lot of work to do. Well, and just to explore the quote, Brent Venables was basically asked something along the lines of, hey, is this defense dominant right now? Because a lot of what we're seeing looks like the makings, if not totally there yet, but the the creation, the beginning form of, yeah, what looks to be a fairly dominant defense right now. But Venables kind of dismissed that notion off, which probably he should, John, but he says, no, 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 no. It's all relative. You know, our guys have been really solid and they're getting better. Really proud of their work and their commitment, their willingness to go and practice the right way, watch film, those types of things. But our guys know we're nowhere close. If we were close to being, again, dominant means that you're playing close to perfection, somewhere close, and I don't feel like we are. There's lots of ways, lots of places that we've got to get better, you know, end quote. So, Let's let's explore this a little bit here. Oklahoma, you know, probably with most things with this team, John, it's okay. Show me that uh, eyes of Texas have been blackened moment, right? Show me that uh, if I can harken back to, I forget who was on the call, that the eyes of Texas have been blackened. I think it was Nestler. But once we get that, then maybe folks are going to be really comfortable to say, yeah, this is a dominant Oklahoma defense, right? Especially with what Texas did going down to uh, Tuscaloosa and doing what they did to Alabama, so on and so forth. But until that, yeah, maybe you're going to be cautious to use the dominant word, but Oklahoma is showing signs, are they not, that, yeah, this has the makings to be a dominant defense. I think they're second right now nationally in scoring defense, and I understand the competition argument, but there are signs out there that Oklahoma's turning that corner, John. The the signs are there. The production is there. The performances are there. The record is there. There are areas where they're going to continue to get better, but they're looking really, really good. I I hesitate to use the word dominant because to me, dominant is you're shutting out power five opponents. You're shutting out conference opponents. You know, dominant to me is going up against the Texas team and holding them to 20 or less, you know, and maybe you wouldn't even consider that dominant, but I think against a good Texas offense, holding them or Kansas even to 20 points or fewer, 
I'll be ready to throw that word out there because that's going to be really a lot, basically what you'll need to win those games. And if they're out there putting that kind of performance together after Iowa state, they'll play Texas, they'll play Kansas. And if they get through those two games and they win and it's, and the defense looks good, I'll be, it'll be hard not to use those terms. I mean, Mike Houck, uh, the Oklahoma athletic director or communications director for the athletic department shared on Twitter today that this is the fewest points allowed by Oklahoma over the first four games of a season in the last 30 years. And I mean, that's pretty salty right there. You're talking about the 2000 defense, the 2002 defense that allowed more points. I mean, this, this one goes, I mean, back to 2009 was the last time that they'd allowed 35 or fewer. And this Oklahoma defense right now is doing that kind of work. So things are looking really, really good. They've got to continue to improve because yeah, there were a few areas. I mean, what 14 missed tackles is what pro football focus uh, had them credited for. And I mean, still Cincinnati at times was able to get some chunk plays, but the thing that's different about this defense that we didn't see a year ago is chunk plays didn't lead to touchdowns. Chunk plays didn't lead to field goals every single time. No, this defense buckles down and they rally and they are able to get off the field again. I think Brent Venables mentioned it four of 19 on third and fourth down yesterday or on Saturday. That's, that's going to win you a lot of football games. If you can get off the field like that and get the ball back to your offense, there's a lot to like. We'll see about dominant, but there's a lot to like. Yeah. And you know, really just from a sheer statistical basis, Texas uh, right now on paper is not one of the nation's quote unquote best offenses, though. I think you and I, and a lot of people would say, okay, you know, Xavier Worthy, Quinn Ewers looks uh, to be improved at the quarterback position. Sanders is a really, really good tight end. So whatever the numbers say, uh, you know, 45th, whatever, in total offense and kind of that range for scoring offense. It, it right now says Texas is not one of the nation's top 10, 15, 20 best offenses. But from a sheer talent standpoint, I would – right now put Texas kind of among those types of teams. I think the numbers by year's end will back that up for Texas. So if, yeah, you can go shut Texas down in that environment at the Cotton Bowl, especially given obviously what happened a year ago in that game, John, to me that's going to be a massive sign for Oklahoma that, yeah, this is a, a 2009 defense or early 2000s defense for Oklahoma. And that 09 defense, you think about the trajectory of that season, the way it played out with – the Bradford injury once and then twice, and then he's gone. And, you know, uh, Gresham, there were a lot of things that happened to Oklahoma offensively that uh, weren't great. That obviously put the defense then in a little bit uh, of a pickle, John, it put him behind the eight ball. And so that to me, when I think about Oklahoma defensively, that's the last great defense Oklahoma had. So if we're talking about this defense alongside that defense, again, it's early one third of the way through uh, at least the regular season, that's a great sign for Oklahoma. Probably not going to, yes, use the word dominant just yet, but I'm the antennas are raised. I, I think that this defense, there's no question, it has made legitimate strides. I think they've got one of the best individual defensive players in Danny Stutzman right now nationally. 
And, uh, oh, by the way, there might be some other names to add to that mix before it's all said and done for Oklahoma. But, hey, the work's not finished. And, yes, it's going to be that Texas game and the KU game, right? You know, trip to trip to KU would be one that you look at. Maybe UCF a little bit, too. I mean, there's other tests coming down the road that this team can answer and then say, yes, we are dominant. But probably it's going to be that, that Texas one. But, hey, I, I don't expect Venables to go out and say – this team's where I want it to be, and it's a dominant defense. I mean, it's silly to do those things. You don't you only set yourself up to get dunked on, uh, for lack of a more professional way to say that. But uh, Oklahoma's, I mean, they're clearly this is what we've wanted to see from this program, and they're they're taking those those jumps. Well, the leadership on the defense isn't taking the cheese. They're not taking the bait. Key Lawrence said it in the post game. It was my favorite quote. I mean harken back to, Hey, we remember what happened last year. We're going to put our heads down and we're going to keep working. And that's what you want to hear out of a defense that was one of the worst in the nation last year through four games. You don't want them getting too high and mighty on themselves when they've got eight more games left in the regular season and big, big goals this year. Speaking of big goals, we're going to talk the question that is on everybody's mind after Saturday's game. Can the Oklahoma Sooners win a big 12 title or more with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. We'll talk to you about that after the break. If you are looking to expand your business or just hire new individuals, LinkedIn's got the setup that you're looking for. They can make it easy for you to find everybody that you want to talk to, the best qualified candidates that are available. That's why you choose LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs will find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's easy to use. You just go sign up, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs lets you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on every platform and on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and that notification bell over on YouTube to let you know when new episodes drop. And Josh, the question on everybody's mind right now is would the Oklahoma Sooners offense look better with a different quarterback or can the Oklahoma Sooners go as far as they want to go, hang a banner, win a Big 12 title, go to the college football playoff, with a guy like Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. Well, and I'll give uh, credit to the comments section over there on YouTube. Believe it or not, uh, even when I'm not commenting back to you, I do read a lot of uh, what you, the people out there, uh, have to say about Oklahoma. And there's a lot of great thoughts and commentary on our shows, and I appreciate the interaction that we get. Uh, I don't expect everybody to agree with every single thing we say, and and I appreciate the the interaction. So, some of the comments, just to kind of lay the, the background for some of this. Amazing defense, frustratingly inconsistent offense. And that was kind of a, a popular theme that we got in our post-game live show. I, I would imagine that's a popular theme across the board for Oklahoma fans coming out of this individual win versus Cincinnati. Uh, somebody else said, I don't care how John and Josh spin it. He missed three scores by just not getting the football there. And then uh, let's see, one other comment here. Fair. It's fair. Yeah, fair. 
And so I don't want to live in this world where we only read positive comments. I, I see what, what is said out there, and I appreciate the interaction, so I want to address it. One more. Sad to say, because I'm not a Dylan Gabriel hater, just the truth, OU's offense won't hit its peak with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. Literally misses two to three huge game-changing plays a game. Capitalizing on those plays not only creates separation on the scoreboard, but gives confidence to the Sooners' offense. So with that as the backdrop here, is there something to that? Because the, the Jaleel Farouk miss, that's a throw that has to be made. And, and, and I'm not sitting here trying to sugarcoat things for Dylan Gabriel. If, uh, if you think that Dylan Gabriel's my best friend and I'm here on this platform trying to protect Dylan Gabriel, I like Dylan Gabriel. Seems like a, a wonderful young man. But if anybody out there is under some illusion that uh, I or John are set up here to come – constantly try to defend Dylan Gabriel we're not and I'm the first person to sit here and tell you yes that throw has got to be made got for, to. Ok for Oklahoma to achieve what Oklahoma wants to achieve those those makeables John need to be just that they need to turn into uh makeables so how concerning is it I guess is is the question to dive into I mean it's a fair concern I, I totally agree when I he hit or he missed that throw. I was watching a little bit behind everybody else because my kids had soccer games in the morning. So I was catching up, but I was scrolling Twitter and seeing what people were talking about. And then I saw the miss. And I'm like, that's a layup. Like that is a fast break all by yourself layup that you just clanged off the backboard. You know, that's the best way I can describe it. Or it's like an empty netter and you're all alone and you shoot it wide. It was inexcusable it was a terrible throw like and he wasn't just a little bit off on it he was way off on it and and i'll and i'll agree that is a concerning aspect sometimes of his game is that i mean date back to last season too the the overthrows to marvin mims where you're like how do you overthrow marvin mims the dude runs runs a sub 440 uh similarly this year it's it's been different times where he's had some overthrows at the same time i come back to okay he's still completing a very high percentage of his, of his passes and it's not killing Oklahoma yet. Now there might come a time when you're playing against a Kansas or a Texas and the margin for error is much smaller offensively. Those throws will certainly matter. You just hope that he raises his game and he improves just like, you know, we got to see improvement out of the tight end room. We got to see improvement out of the running game. You want your experienced quarterback to be able to hit that throw in his sleep. So, from what we said on the live show, 100%, I don't want to discount that he's got to hit those throws 100%. He's got to. Those are, those are game-changing throws, no doubt. At the same time, I still believe he's a good quarterback, and he's a guy that's good enough to win you a Big 12 title. Back in 2021, we watched Blake Shapin, or was it Gary Bohannon? Or no, it was Blake Shapin, because uh, Gary Bohannon was, was injured. We watched Blake Shapin win a Big 12 title for Baylor. If Oklahoma's defense is really improved, Dylan Gabriel can certainly win you a Big 12 title and take you to the playoff this year. That's my hope, too. If, if the question is as simple as we've got up on the YouTube screen, if you're with us on Locked On Sooners on YouTube, if you're not, like, subscribe, all those fun things, your team every single day. Match it. That's right. Smash that like button, share it with a friend. You know the drill. Uh, can OU win a Big 12 title with Dylan Gabriel? The answer is yes. If it's as if it's that question, the answer for me is yes. And my hope is my hope is that this defense has improved enough that the details and special teams again are improved enough 
that Oklahoma can close the gap a little bit with maybe some deficiencies at time at the quarterback position because we said this before the season started. Dylan Gabriel is not the quarterback that Oklahoma has had in years past. That's not to say that Dylan Gabriel is a bad quarterback. I think he's one of the top 25 quarterbacks nationally, John. I don't know. Generally speaking, I don't like to get into the, hey, let's power rank these teams and let's power rank these quarterbacks. That's not really my style. I don't know where he'd fit uh, in terms of all of those quarterbacks. I haven't sat down and jotted every single name down on a sheet of paper, right? But he's not one of the top five quarterbacks for me, okay? that's Let's just get that out of the way. He's not going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. And yet, I do think he can play better. I think that a, a throw like that to Farouk, I, I think he can hit those. I don't think he's going to hit every single one of them. I think sometimes he's going to leave you pulling your hair out at times in moments just like that. And all of this being true, I think, oh, you can beat Texas. I think, oh, you can go win the Big 12 with a player or two like that. Now, he can't have five, six, or seven of those in a game, John. I think everybody understands that. He needs to tighten some of that up, and yet probably everybody needs to realize that's going to be what it's going to be, I think, with Dylan Gabriel, at quarterback for Oklahoma. And the other thing about this, and, and I'll go back to even some of the ones that like not necessarily overthrows. I mean, there were several passes that were pretty much right at Bearcats defenders that could have been picked off. So I'll, and I'll even grant you those like Dylan Gabriel was, did not look as comfortable and confident in the pocket as we've seen him look this season. And even last season, he, he looked a little bit more frenetic and some of that due to the Cincinnati Bearcats pass rush. Some of that due to the crowd noise that was at play at Niper stadium. I mean, it was a, a hostile, hostile environment, probably one of the most hostile he's faced. And, and so I get Dylan Gabriel's got to be better at the same time. He still threw for over 300 yards and completed 68% of his passes. The fumble, the fumble is maddening to me because he carries the ball a lot and he, and he should know how to protect the football at the same time. I'm so tired of seeing him running design quarterback runs that I'm like, Jeff Levy, protect your quarterback a little bit more. So I mean, there's room for improvement for everybody on this team, but Dylan Gabriel, I mean, and, and he'd be the first one to tell you, he's got to hit that. Like there's nobody else more frustrated with Dylan Gabriel about that throw than Dylan Gabriel. I guarantee it. The competitor that he is, the guy that wants to be the guy with the ball in his hand in the kid, in the critical moment, he, he knows he's got to hit that. And I think he will. I mean, I don't, I don't see us or I don't see him having as many overthrows as he did last year. Are there some? Yeah, there are. He's got to be better, but I still think he's been really good this year. Yeah, and he was largely pretty good, I think, uh, against Cincinnati, right? Now, he had the one play where, again, and I said this the other day, there's too much predetermination with yeah. Gabriel, with this offense. It's, hey, my running back's definitely going to be there, and it's a backwards pass, and it's a fumble. I mean, that is so fortunate that that's not a scoop and score touchdown that totally changes this game. And, you know, if that turns into a scoop and score touchdown right there, John, I don't know that we're having a conversation about a 20 to six football game for, I mean, obviously there's seven more points on the board for Cincinnati under that scenario, but uh, you know, obviously those types of plays that changes the complexion of a game. I, I like to believe that Oklahoma's defense keeps doing what Oklahoma's defense did for the most part, but those types of plays are backbreaking, uh, not just to the offense, but to the entire football team, just the momentum of the football game. So that part was a little bit alarming. 
And, uh, and I see that. And so I'm not going to sit here and act like that's not a reality for Oklahoma or wasn't a part of the equation for OU this past weekend. I tend to see more good than bad with Dylan Gabriel, but uh, it's, it's worth keeping an eye on. Right. I, I think that's fair. It is fair. It is fair. I mean, he's not a perfect quarterback. And I think the problem is if Davis Bevel was your backup, nobody would be having very many criticisms of Dylan Gabriel. They, they'd still be there. But given that Jackson Arnold right now is your backup quarterback and everybody's so eager to see him take take you know take the reins at quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners, I think that's where some of this comes from. But again, I come back to Dylan Gabriel's been pretty good. You're 4-0. He's not turning the ball over a ton. He's got two turnovers on the season. He's helping you win football games is what it comes down to. Has to be better. But just like everybody else on this team, the whole Oklahoma Sooners program has to continue to get better if they want to reach their goals this season. Which one of those goals is beating Texas? We'll check out some updated odds from the folks over at FanDuel after the break. I feel like I'm saying this every single week, but uh, and that's a great thing for this individual. It is now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like, again, Mr. Danny Stutzman, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Their beers, great tasting, award-winning, and uh, beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, golden, sours, and more. So whatever your palate might be, Athletic Brewing Company they can fit said palate. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic beers at a store near you or buy online at athletic at athleticbrewing.com. And as I always say, no hangovers ever, which again, <laughs> keep climbing that ladder in age. That becomes more and more important, that no hangovers ever element for you. So first-time customers can use code locked on to get 15% off your first online order. That's code Locked on L O C K E D O N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com near beer exclusions and conditions apply athletic brewing company fit for all times. And now on locked on suitors, we're going to take a look at a few updated odds courtesy of our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, we're going to start with this week, Oklahoma taking on Iowa state. The Oklahoma Sooners are favored by 19 and a half points. The Cyclones coming off a big win over Oklahoma State where they actually look like they found a little bit of an offense. Uh, scored 34 points. Their quarterback threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. So maybe a little offensive test for the Sooners against Iowa State. But I think we're both kind of inclined to think this is maybe more about what Oklahoma State isn't than what Iowa State is. Yeah, and it wasn't uh, a nice little ringing endorsement for Oklahoma State with South Alabama losing to uh, Central Michigan. So just all around bad for Oklahoma State right now. Oh, and, man. you know, in conjunction with that, what do we make out of what Iowa State did? I'm going to take it at face value that they've improved a little bit right now. Granted, I do think uh, right now until proven otherwise that probably a little bit more about Oklahoma State and what they're not than uh, what Iowa State fixed offensively. I still think Oklahoma's defense should be foaming at the mouth to play this Iowa State offense this week in Rocco Becht and, and everybody with the Cyclones. But, hey, credit 
credit given where credit's due. Uh, Becht had uh, easily his best performance, not even close. 350 yards, three touchdowns, very much in command of what he and uh, Iowa State were trying to do. So, yeah, you're alerted to some degree that, okay, this is an Iowa State offense that don't hook, line, and sinker buy into everything that has happened so far this season. They are starting to make some improvements, and yet, John, I still feel very, very confident that this is a day in – I think I told you before we started the show, honestly, I look at it and based on what Oklahoma has been doing, I'm going to have the standard for Oklahoma that they shouldn't give up, shouldn't give up two touchdowns to Iowa state based on what we've seen throughout the course of the entire body of work for Iowa state and what we've seen from Oklahoma defensively. That's, that's kind of where I've got this thing mentally, you know, pegged. Yeah. I think what happened this weekend between Iowa state and Oklahoma state was great news for the Sooners you got an offense that's coming off of a 30 point, 34 point effort. Your quarterback threw for 350 yards and three touchdowns. So you can't go into this sleeping on them because of what they just did against an Oklahoma state defense. That's been pretty good this year. Aside from that South Alabama game, Oklahoma state. I mean, they did a good job against Arizona state. I mean, this is a team that has had some moments, but man, Iowa state just lit them up. And if you're Oklahoma, you you know, if you're, if you're Brent Venables and you're Ted roof and Todd Bates, Miguel Chavis, Brandon Hall, Jay Valai, James Galski, you can sit there and point to that game and be like, all right, guys, let's get ready because they're going to be able to put some put some yards up or they're going to try and throw the ball around a little bit. And if we're not ready, they're going to score some points on us. So it's going to have to have everybody like tuned in, keyed in a little bit more going into this than had they had another you know 10 point effort uh, from the Cyclones. So I kind of like that you're going into it thinking, OK, maybe Iowa State's figured some things out offensively a little bit. Uh, another uh, interesting odd. Red River rivalry. We're just, uh, what, 13, 15, 12 days away from the Red River showdown down in Dallas. And the, the Texas Longhorns are four and a half point favorites right now as we look at this thing. Obviously, the line is going to change between now and next Saturday. But I kind of like where Oklahoma's sitting there. Yeah, I do too. And on paper, much bigger challenge for Texas playing mm. KU this week than Oklahoma playing Iowa State theoretically both will play well and win and it's going to set up a heck of a red river showdown where both teams come into this thing unbeaten and and feeling pretty good about themselves uh so i think that's where we're headed we'll see Jalen daniels of course uh i mean that's a lot more to tangle with than you know again on paper than what oklahoma is going to be dealing with with uh mr Becht and iowa state so i think that's where we're headed i feel good about what oklahoma is doing and then we're going to get through this week all collectively and we're going to, you know, crank up the, the Red River shootout in full force. And it's going to be the time to kind of put up or shut up for Oklahoma, where they get to come into the game with a chip on their shoulder and really demonstrate for you, I and everybody else and hopefully the nation that, yeah, this is a program that's made some big time strides. But, hey, that's next week, right? That's right. That's right. We're going to get to watch a fun little game between Kansas and Texas this week. Kansas's defense is slowly improving. They're, they're getting to be opportunistic, had two defensive scores against BYU, picked off Keaton Slovis twice. So that's a very intriguing defense that they play aggressive football and get Quinn Ewers a little uh, uncomfortable and who knows what's going to happen. I don't remember who that was. It the I think it was like a running back or whoever got crushed. And they had that scoop and score touch. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, look out. Somebody from BYU, uh, you know, uh, SOS. That was uh, that was not kind what KU did uh, on that particular play. But I'm with you. Yeah, it, it does appear to be a little bit better. 
KU defense. Uh, obviously, we know what they've got at the quarterback position. So don't get caught looking ahead if you're mm-hmm. if you're Texas. They they've got a legitimate uh, challenge this week. No, every week in the Big 12 is going to be a lot of fun. Just kind of like this last weekend was. I mean, West Virginia took out Texas Tech. TCU looks like they're rolling with their win over SMU. I don't know, man. Uh, Kansas State put up a ton of points on UCF. UCF defense isn't looking very good. So many very intriguing Big 12 storylines that we'll touch on on the live show on Monday night, 9 p.m. Central Time here on the Locked On Sooners YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Follow myself at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners. You can also follow us on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.